Hello, and welcome back to False Allegation Radio. I'm Rob, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Lee. Welcome to False Allegation Radio. So, Lee, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. It's uh, what, what, What's the weather like where you are? We've got quite a lot of snow over here in the UK. The weather right now is pretty fine. It's roughly about 32 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm not sh- I can't remember off the top of my head how much it would be in Celsius, but um it's pretty chilly, but it's all it's all right. Yeah, that that sounds pretty cold. It doesn't sound like shorts and t-shirts weather to me. No, no. <laughs> so you've uh, oh sorry. You, so you you've joined us on the the podcast today to tell your story um of a, a false allegation. So Take me back to how it all started for you. Well, I got to take you back a while. Um, my wife and I have been married for eight years. Um, I had been homeless from July of 2018 to February of 2019. I had sent her to stay with some family while I took care of everything to get us an apartment. Okay. Wound up getting yeah. I wound up getting a job. She was also pregnant with our second child at the time. Um, and shortly thereafter, I got a got a place. She had a female friend that you know was move. She had move in under the guise of you know helping her with the kids, but I found out later that she was having an affair with said female friend. Oh wow! And I, I yeah, I actually caught them in the act the night of February 16th, 2019, which was the day I got arrested. So I kicked the, I kicked the, the, the friend out and my wife and I were arguing. I told her I was done. I wanted a divorce and I was taking the kids because also at the time, um, child protective services had a case against her, um, where they were looking for, for, I guess, child neglect or whatever. Um, so she calmed me down a bit. We wound up sleeping together that night. Um, and the last thing she she said to me before all this happened was, I love you, but you're going to burn for this. Shortly thereafter, she called the police and I was arrested on three charges, assault on a family member, strangulation, and rape. Wow. 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 That, I mean, that is, that's horrific. Um so so what happened to you after you was arrested? Let, let's let's deal with that first of all. Um, first off, let me say that the worst thing on my record before this is a 10-year-old misdemeanor. Okay. I don't get into trouble. I go to work. I go home. That's it. But um, once I got arrested, got treated like any other criminal i was from then on i was no longer lee i was prisoner four three eight six four so you so you went to prison for it no i went no i was i went to uh where they have a they have a regional jail i spent seven months in jail while this while they could not find my wife because as i mentioned before child protective services you know had a case against her the kids got taken and she showed up for the custody hearing to see who would get our kids, but she never showed up for the criminal proceedings during the entire time. They continued the case like four or five different times while looking for her, even though she showed up under their noses three different times. 
so, so sorry. You've lost not only... Sorry, my, my levels on this microphone have gone way high. I apologize. So you've lost... I don't know why my levels are so high. I'm sorry. Have I, am I coming through louder than normal? No, you're coming through pretty oh, fine. That, that's really weird. Okay. So, so you've lost not only your your wife, your your life, but you you've also lost your children to child protective services as well. Yeah, I lost both my kids, wow. both my my two sons. Wow. And is there any way that? Like, can you get them back, or...? I probably could, but I have an uphill battle to climb because my wife also had my oldest son walking around saying... Because he was scared that he would lose his mom, too. Sure. My son is was going around saying that he saw me beating on my wife. So I'm on supervised visitation for my kids. I cannot be I cannot be with them by myself. It has to be someone that they find suitable to be with. I can talk to them from time to time, but that's about it. I cannot physically be alone with my kids anymore. Wow. But but hopefully if you can clear your name of the 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 rape the rape charge um that there is there is a potential that you can sort of underpin the whole case that it's that it's all sort of based on a lie and that hopefully you can do something about that is that is that fair to say yeah that's very fair to say and as far as the uh, the case itself like i can talk about some of the facts of the case but uh, i'm not going to give up too much information no. um during the preliminary hearing when she actually did show up and the only reason she showed up was because they had a warrant out for her arrest they um she pretty much lied and said that we never did because my defense is we've done you know we've had rough makeup sex before and everything like that but she pretty much lied and said that we never did anything like that however I'm a pack rat, and anything I I, I keep I always keep some, keep everything behind just in case I may need it again. Back in 2014, we made a video of us having actual rough sex that my lawyer actually got admitted into evidence uh, uh, about a week or two ago. Okay. Um. So. There's that. There's messages between my wife and I showing that, you know, we had a healthy sexual relationship. So she knew about the video. In fact, the video is. Has been public since 2015. It's on an adult website. I'm not going to give the I'm not going to give that website's name out. But it is. (laughs) It's been up there since 2015. And and, so she and she's 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 aware of the fact that this video has been been out there for five years. She's bragged about the video to her friends. Wow. Who have seen the video? Wow. Wow. Lee, Lee. Um, l- l- let me come back to something she said. She said the same. So 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 the same day that she had sex with her girlfriend. She decided to have makeup sex with her husband, and then after you'd finished, she said, "You're going to burn for this." Was she obviously? I understand what what she means by that, but you're going to burn for this. Does this does this mean that she's blaming you for the fact that she's had an affair, or is it is it just a case of look, 
I want out and this is how I'm going to do it. No, she's uh, for uh, uh, pretty much both. She's blaming me for, you know, having the affair because she all, all had already the the person the person she had the affair with had she made them my wife believe that I had abandoned her and my kids but how can you abandon somebody when I'm sleeping on the street trying to work two jobs and get an apartment for us when and that's not abandoning I'm I sent you to stay with your family until I could get everything straight and the moment I got everything straight and I got us an apartment the first thing I did was come and get you. Yeah. So how's that me abandoning you? That, that, how's that me abandoning my family? That was me taking care of my responsibilities exactly. as your husband and as a father to my, to to our kids. Exactly. Can I ask you what state in in America you live, or can you not say that? Uh, I can I can say it. Uh, I live in Virginia. Okay. And do you have the death penalty over there? Uh, yes, but. Mm, they haven't even given me a plea. No, 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 no. I'll tell you where I'm going with this. If your state has the death penalty, is it by electric chair? Because is that what she... Because they immediately, like I say, I'm in the UK and obviously our, our justice system is, is quite a bit different than yours. But immediately when you told me what she'd said, you're going to burn for this, I immediately thought this is this is her plan this is her her end goal to to unfortunately man but to see you in the chair no they can't give me the chair but the maximum sentence on a rape charge in the united states is life in jail wow so i am looking at i am looking at no less than 35 years in jail and i'm 36 years old and that's, I mean, next, yeah, by the time you're out, that, that's life over anyway, isn't it? Even if it's not life, my it's next life court, over. My next court date, oddly enough, is my birthday. It, it's ironic that you should say that because one of the days that I was arrested, because I was arrested twice because my um, false accuser made two allegations and she didn't make them at the same time. So the first one she made was the same week that I remarried and the second one was on my birthday. So I was arrested the same week that I got married and then on my birthday. It's, it's, it's weird how it falls, isn't it? It's almost uh, a bit yeah. too bit too close to be coincidental, really. Yeah. So, obviously, you you've, you know, you, you serve seven months inside. A, is it a county jail that you serve time in? Uh, yeah, because uh, this area has... The area I'm in is like there's like five or six different cities and then they have like one big regional jail where they can put everybody. Each each city has its own jail and then there's one that they have like a communal jail, which everyone that they don't want in either one of those jails will, you know, be in that one. And that's where I was for seven months from February 16th to September 17th of 2019. I spent in jail and they only let me out on a uh, PR bond which is a personal recognizance bond because she refused to show up and, and how um, many times did she refuse to show up they, they couldn't find her she did not want to be found pretty much the only reason she showed up for the preliminary hearing in October was because of the fact that they put out a warrant for her arrest 
and they have not seen her since then. The Commonwealth Attorney, because Virginia is a Commonwealth state, sure. the Commonwealth Attorney has not had any contact with my wife since December. What was it like in prison, in jail? Um, did, did, did people know that you was in there on a rape charge? Uh, a few people did. Some people that I was close with, I actually did let them know my charges. Um, let's be, uh, to be honest, the United States does not look, uh, the criminal justice system, the criminals in, the, in jail in the United States do not take kindly to rapists or child molesters. No. Um, the only saving grace was that the fact that I, I it was my wife and they're, they, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how can someone, I know it's still, it's on the books that you can, but how can someone rape their wife? I mean, we have two kids together. We've done, you know, we've obviously had sex. So that was the, the saving grace. Otherwise I probably would have been, you know, beaten up and even raped myself quite a few mm. times while I was in there. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm about six foot two, about 300, 300 pounds, but, you know, I, I can only do so much. Yeah, of course. And, and the thing is, there's only one of you, isn't there? Whereas, you know, if you're, yeah. in, a, if you're in a jail and there's a, a few other people, shall we say, that it, it's never going to end well, is it? Let's be fair. It really isn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, man, it, 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 it's 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 genuinely crazy that you know you can you can lose over half a year of your life in a system like that. Um, I mean, you made a, you made a really good point at the start. You said before this, you you know, you've never really been involved with the police apart from for one misdemeanor ten years ago. And I think, uh, sorry, I keep hitting my microphone. I think a lot of us feel the same way. I think ma the majority of us are sort of hard-working family men who have never been in trouble with the police until this happens. And then all of a sudden, you're thrown at the very deep end of the justice system. It's not just a case of, oh, you've got to deal with a cop or you've got to deal with, you know, a, uh, a solicitor or, or a lawyer. You are literally thrown in the deepest of deep ends, aren't you? Yeah, and I'm still in it. I mean, I have to file for bankruptcy because... The cheapest lawyer I could find to take my case wanted no less than twenty thousand dollars hmm. with five thousand dollars up front. And that it it just it beggars belief, doesn't it? I mean, I know over here in the UK, um, we do have it a little bit different than than the way you guys have it over there. Um, yeah, I mean that's that sort of money is is the sort of money I paid in family court. So you know, going through when I went through the divorce and then fighting for the children, I spent sort of twenty five thousand just on that. And then obviously once that was over, then it was into the criminal courts. Now luckily over here, we don't necessarily have to. You know, there are ways for certain crimes that you can get government assistance where you don't have to pay the full amount or, or sometimes you don't have to pay anything depending on obviously what your, your personal circumstances are. Well, they, they do have something like that here. They have the, what we call public defenders yeah, or 
some lawyers that will do what's called pro bono work. Yeah. But um, public defenders are burnt out. They can they get burnt out very quickly. They have several different cases because there's you know let's face it, nobody really likes going to court unless you know they're a lawyer or a judge because they're the only ones that get paid. There's so many people in and out of the criminal justice system in the United States daily that uh, a public defense, you're just, you're always better off getting your own attorney. And they, some, they charge, some of them charge upwards of a hundred to $300 an hour just to sit down and talk with them before you can even, before they'll even say whether or not they'll take your case. I mean, some of the consultation fees they have are ridiculous. Yeah. I was just throwing those numbers out because two of the, the attorneys that I spoke to, that was their consultation fee. One was $100 an hour, and the other one's consultation fee was $350. So I right off the bat, I lost $450 talking to two different lawyers. Just talking to somebody about it, yeah. Which it must be incredibly frustrating. You know, you spent seven months in, 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 in jail and then you're faced with this massive legal bill to make sure that you don't spend the rest of your life in jail. Meanwhile, the person that's made the allegation has gone completely AWOL. Nobody can find this person. Um, you know, your poor kids are suffering, so you can't sort of start the, the fight for them. It's a mess, man. It's a real mess, this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And even when I, when I got out, the other problem I had was trying to find a job. Of course, yeah. Do background checks, and the first thing that pops up on my background check is a rape charge. Yeah. And how you know how's that going? Have you managed to find anything? Uh, I was lucky enough to find the job. The company I work for, they I came, I was up front with them. I told them what was going on, and then I wanted to move on with my life. They actually took a chance on me, and I've been with them uh, since. October 15th of last year. I, I really appreciate how, you know, everything that they've done. <clears throat> but several, I, uh, when I first got out, I filled out applications for about maybe 25 different places. I had job interviews for, of those 25, I had job interviews for maybe 10 of them. And the moment they did the background check, they they all just stopped calling. Yeah. And obviously the rest. I, I mean, I have a, I have a copy of my, I couldn't, I can't even drive for Uber or Lyft because of my, um, the, the charges. Cause how many people actually want to get in the, the, the car with a rapist mm. or what they perceive as a rapist. And you know, you know, it was supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But in the era of the, the whole, this whole me too era of everything where people are just coming out the woodworks claiming that they've been sexually assaulted, it's near impossible. It, it is. It is. And, and you know, that, that was a thing that sort of hit me the hardest is, you know, our justice system is supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And I was there with um, SMS messages from my ex-wife saying, you know, come back. I know you've left me, but I love you. Um, and she'd, she'd made allegations before because she was really controlling. And she'd said to me before, if you ever leave me, I'm going to say you raped me, you know. And, and this this was held over my head for years. Um, and the, the, the night I left or the night I tried to leave, she like locked me in the house and, and held me prisoner. 
saying, if you walk out of that door, you know, I'm going to ring the police and I'm going to say you're a rapist. So it took me hours, yeah. hours to get out of the door. And then the next day, once the police had like, they, they turned up, you know, they'd spoken to us both. She'd retracted it. And then the next day she sent me a text message, uh, an SMS message saying, you know, come back. I miss you. I'm really sorry. It's all my fault. So I, I instantly, because when you're in that sort of survival mode, I instantly fired back and I said to her, why did you why did you say that I was a rapist? Have I ever raped you? And her reply was no, never. And it was that that message that I used as my defense to say, there you go. And and her allegations were were ridiculous. She you know, she the first allegation she made was that I'd raped her and then she told me to leave the house and I'd refused for nearly 12 months. But yet here we have a text message begging me to go back the day that I do leave. And then six months later, she makes another allegation of a rape that happened nearly 15 years before the first one. You know, the first allegation, but it was like the second rape. But it, it just made absolutely no sense. And my point is, exactly what you've just said in the era of Me Too, people can come out of the woodwork and they can say whatever they want how do you defend against that? How do you stop that? I was lucky because I had I had proof and evidence. You've obviously got proof and evidence, and you know, God willing, I hope I hope to God that you know your case is thrown out. But what about those people that have absolutely nothing? Maybe they have a one night stand with somebody. Yeah, um, in the United States, um, a lot of people like to go to the there's a, a the FBI statistic of saying that. Six percent of all rape cases are false. However, the Department of Justice did their own investigation on that from 19, and they found out from 1985 to 2015, more than 60, roughly about 60 percent of all those rape cases from 1985 to 2015 were false. Wow! In a 30-year time span, FBI says it's six percent. Sure. But in a 30-year time span, the Department of Justice came out and said, hey, you know, you guys are off. Yeah. And I, we, I think we have a similar statistic over here where they claim it's something like 2% or something crazy low. Um, but my case wasn't classified as, as a false allegation. My case was just classified as we didn't have enough evidence to prosecute. So, So straight away, it goes in that, that other bin, doesn't it? That it's not—it's not a false allegation. It's just one of those that we can't prove. How do we fix this, yep. Lee? How do we fix this? The only way to fix it is for more people to come out and and speak against it. But when it happens, especially in the United States, the women—even even when it's proven false—the women just get a slap on the wrist and they walk off. Yeah. Like um, there was one some time ago back in 2018 or 2019 this young lady to get back at her ex-boyfriend claimed that he came he came over to her house raped her and and used a box cutter to cut an x across her chest he was looking at 90 years in jail if he was found guilty but text messages between him and his mom gave him an alibi for that night nothing happened to the girl no no, and and it, it it it's disheartening, isn't it? And 
you know, I'm I'm a dad to boys. You mentioned before that you've got boys. I think the most scary thing is, like, you and I, we've been through it. We know how to come out of the other side. Um, and obviously, we, we're using our voice as a voice for good to try and make changes and to, to try and bring out sort of an understanding and, and an awareness of what's going on. But I really fear for the younger, you know, the, the, the younger boys out there that haven't got a clue what's going on and, and how easy it is for everything to be taken from you. Yeah, I, I fear for my sons. I have two nephews. I have three nephews um, from my sister. One, The oldest being 11 years old. He's watching his favorite uncle go through this. And even my sister, the way she views relationships with my nephew and his female friends, because of what I'm going through with the woman I've been married to for the last eight years is she's she's extremely cautious and my nephew he's he's at, even at 11 years old he's my size yeah so he he looks a lot older than he is it's just at any given time it doesn't matter who all they have to do is say he did so and so and i didn't like it and he gets in trouble he yeah. gets in his, his reputations get ruined you lose family friends you lose everything and the, it shouldn't be that way because, a, like, a, a lot of them are are lies. But nothing they they just is just they always want to believe the victim. Yeah, and and there well, is we've got that. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Society no, no. has that so ingrained in there in into them that they with the whole I guess they would call it what is it white knight syndrome or anything like mm, that. Yeah something like that that the moment you see a damsel in distress or oh well he he said did so and so or you see someone they they automatically protect them that's not right i mean come on what if all right two different you can put it in two different scenarios if you see a man and a woman get in an argument she slaps him first and then he hits her back out of you know self-defense they're gonna go and attack the guy for it they're not gonna go after the girl no 100 percent. but she initiated the contact and there was there was actually a social experiment done once whereby the this this company had set up cameras in the street and they got a couple of actors a, a male and a female actor and the first sort of run through they got the man to pretend to to beat the woman up and everybody went in to save her. And then, you know, maybe later on in the day, maybe in the afternoon, they switched it around. So the woman was beating the guy up and nobody even stepped in and said, are you okay? And the guy was on the floor and, you know, she was over him, hitting him with stuff. Obviously it wasn't real, but it certainly looked real. And not one person stopped to say, look, are you okay? This isn't, this isn't right. And I think the thing is, I'm I'm a gentleman, and I, I get the feeling that you're a gentleman as well. And as gentlemen, we do like to protect women. We like to be like you know the the, the old fashioned sort of protector of women. But at the same time, the balance of of what's believed has swung so far in the opposite direction that I'm scared to open a door for a woman now. I'm scared to you know 
move a chair for a woman because you just don't know what's going to be said. And the problem is it's swung so far the other way that it's actually causing that, you know, problems like that, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's just sad. But one thing that this has made me realize, too, is that no matter how nice of a person you are, no matter how kind-hearted you are, no matter how much you do for somebody, you'll always be the villain in someone's story. Yeah. And I mean, how much has my wife? Go on, go sorry. Go on. No, go. On. No, I was about to say, um, my wife never had to work a day in her life when we were married. Hmm. Never. I gave her everything she ever wanted, and, and that's exactly my story as well. Gave her everything, but how did I go from being the ideal husband that you wanted to all of a sudden being a rapist? All hmm. of a sudden being somebody who strangled you and slapped slapped you to the ground with an open hand strangled you, dragged you through the apartment and raped you several times. From from the man who provided, looked after and put everybody else before himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's exactly the story of my um, relationship. My ex-wife never had to work a single day in her life. Everything was provided for her. She was free to do what she wanted, when she wanted. Um, and And like you say... All of a sudden, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I did this. And, well, why? Why, Why, apart from every other day, when everything's perfect, does this person do that and then doesn't do it for another 15 years afterwards? It, it just makes no sense. So how has this changed you as a person then, Lee? I think we've lost connection. Lost connection. Lee's on hold. Lee's put us on hold. He's back. Are you back? Can you hear me? Oh, uh, I think you've got your finger over the microphone. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, it's Somebody all good. had called in at the same time. I'm sorry. Uh, it's go all good. Ahead. Are you okay to carry on? Yeah, I'm okay to carry on. All right, cool. So, how has this changed you as a person, Lee? It changed a lot of just not only the way I view relationships with women, how I approach women now, or even when it comes to dating or even the the intimate parts of being, you know, you know, the intimate parts of being with a woman. Um, I approach it very differently now. Whereas beforehand, it was, you know, just do what I had to do. But I'm more cautious about how I do things. I I ask for consent. Like, so, I mean, I shouldn't. I mean, if you're you're with a consenting adult and y'all are naked and y'all go at it anyway. I mean, <laughs> but. I have to now constantly re- reassure myself that she's not going to say at the end of this, hey, you know, you raped me. You're going to burn for it. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, and the words I love you to me mean any nothing anymore because mm. the last person that told me they loved me had me arrested and thrown in jail for rape. Crazy. Crazy. So, okay. Um... It's harrowing, isn't it? I'm sorry. Um, 
I I saw a report the other day um, where a, a a certain person had carried out a little bit of an experiment and had only um, gone with and slept with feminists on um, a campus. And <clears throat> it was an experiment to the point where they made sure that at every single stage of the interaction that consent was asked for before they did anything at all with these people, with, with, with these women who were feminists. And mm. the result of that was that in every single case, it was said that they didn't like what these, these guys were doing. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is if we have to seek consent because of a certain type of individual, but that individual then doesn't like that situation, how does one protect oneself? The only way the only way you can protect yourself is just by not by just going your own way, not really mm. just trying to interact with more. Hello? Yeah. Oh. Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so where do you go from here then, Lee? What what happens with you now? The only thing I can do, as far as I, I just gotta continue going to work. Um, if they find her on my next, you know, which is on my my next court, the my next date is actually supposed to be my trial. So. If they find her before the um, by the by the time the trial comes in about three weeks, then we'll see what happens from there. Um, what happens if they don't find her? I'm sorry. Sorry. What happens if they don't find her? Like if she's still missing. Uh, if they don't find her, then I would assume that the judge would just throw it out. My charges would be dismissed. Um, and then they'll go from there. It, it's not like they'll I like I said I lost I lost my apartment I lost everything I lost jobs it's not like they're gonna compensate me for my time they're just gonna say oh well our our mistake going about your business don't let it happen again mm. I mean in the UK if, if you're in jail um, certainly the situation you're in we would call pre-trial bail uh, or pre-trial remand, sorry. Um, and there'd be no recourse for that seven months that you'd spent in jail if it was in the UK. I, I guess that's the same in the US as well. So that that seven months that you've spent in jail, just tough, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Wow. And And in the meantime, nothing will happen to her, will it? Nope. And even after this, she doesn't show up. I'll still forever be looked at as the monster that she created, and she'll forever be seen as the dainty little victim. Well, I hope that you get it resolved. Do me a favor, because um, this has affected me quite. This has affected me more than I thought it would actually. Um, I mean, you, you, you know, you're a dad like me. You you know, and and you've lost your kids, you've lost your wife, you've lost your your job, your respect, your freedom to a certain extent. 
um, let me know how it goes. Come back, come come back and 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 come back on and tell me how it goes. And obviously, you, you, you know, ultimately, if you end up in in jail, you're not going to be able to come back. But I'm sure that's not going to happen. Um, so I'm I'm sure that I'm not the only one that says this. But we want to hear that everything's been thrown out and that you can now start that that long and, and relatively painful process of rebuilding your life. Because, you know, one thing that I've said and one thing that a lot of other people have said is once it is all thrown out and you think, great, it's all been thrown out, it's time to part, it's time to move on, actually the feeling you get is just numbness because... It isn't a time for celebration because the person that's done it to you has faced no consequences from it. You've had to fight for for years for your freedom and to to clear your name, um, and you you are almost have it hanging over you for the rest of your life, even though you've done nothing wrong. So um, I, I definitely want to hear from you again once everything's been resolved and, and let us know how you're getting on and how life is for you because I think that's an important part of the process yeah I'll, I'll definitely keep you uh, keep you updated thanks Lee it, I mean is there anything else that you want to say um, I think I've covered pretty much every everything I wanted based on the conversations that we've had to, to get your story out there obviously we've had to be careful with names and locations and stuff and once you've been cleared we can come back on and we can talk in more detail if you want to but is there anything else you want to say um i guess just everybody who's listening just be cautious i mean it doesn't matter who it is it'll you know they'll turn on you and whoever said hell has no fury like a woman scorned mm. they weren't lying it's and just if anybody learns anything from this, just use me as a cautionary tale. I mean, for, from being the nice guy, the nice husband, the loving father to suddenly being looked at as a monster over the last over the last year. Just be careful. I mean, if you got even even nowadays, if you have to record everything. Don't let <clears throat> leave nothing to chance because just because you say you're innocent, they're not going to believe you. No, no, even with all the evidence, even with all the evidence that you have, even when you go to court and show them all the evidence that you have, they're still not going to believe you. So just be careful. Yeah, definitely. And if you could take one thing, or, or if you could get the president, I appreciate you may not like the current one, but if you could get your president to change one law in relation to false allegations, what would you get the president to change? I would get him to whatever jail time that the person who was, who, who was falsely accused has, has either been or is there facing, the accuser should get that time. I agree. I agree. And and that's a common theme. I think most of us say that. I was facing eight years. You was facing minimum. I'm facing years. minimum yeah. right now from what, I, what my lawyer is telling me, minimum 30, 35 years max is life. I'm looking at anywhere between 35 and life right now. Horrendous. Horrendous. 
And are there, just out of interest, um, are there any states, and I, and I don't want to be morbid, and I, pre- I appreciate it's probably not the best time to have this conversation, but are there any states in the US where rape carries the death penalty? Uh, no. As far as I know, federal guidelines for all of them, rape is, in the United States, rape is considered a class, I believe it's either a class two or a class one felony. Anything, class two felonies, the max is life. Okay. Um, only thing that carries a death penalty, I believe, would be murder in the United States now. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I apologize for being so um, obsessed with it. Um, uh, it's it's understandable because yeah. back in the day, I know medieval times, if you did, you know, you were found guilty of raping a woman, you were killed on the yeah. spot. So, yeah, and, and it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you know, we have to balance. We have to balance the the genuine victims, and and this is something that I've always sort of said. We have to balance <coughs> those people out there who are genuine victims of rape and sexual assault. Um, and I I do think the best way is what you've said. If you are found to have made a false allegation, you then serve the time that the person that you you accused was facing. I think that's that's the only fair way to stop it, and I think it's probably the most realistic way. I know um, I, I started a debate last night where um, I asked about law changes and things, and a lot of people, or a couple of people, have said change the statute of limitations, which basically means how long ago something happened before you can report it to the police. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but certainly making the person face what the other person would have faced i think is is by far the best idea yeah i i, I don't agree with the whole statute of limitations thing too but the change the the fact what i what we mentioned earlier you know that person getting the jail time that the other person would have served that's holding them accountable for their actions yeah that's all it is and we're being held accountable for the fact that we're being charged with that certain crime, they need to be held accountable for life. And in the United States, all they, or or pretty much in, you know anywhere else in the world now, all all they have to do is oh I'm sorry the and the woman gets kid, treated with kids gloves. We can't do that. No. If if they had if the situation were reversed and I didn't show up for court so many times. I would have already been found guilty of contempt and thrown in jail. Yeah, exactly. You and, you know, I and and I dare say every other man accused of this in the world have never been treated with kid gloves. And yet we're innocent. We we haven't done anything wrong, but we've never been treated with kid gloves. I was treated with respect by the people investigating it, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I was still viewed upon as this monster that's done this and how can we get the evidence to, to, to prove it? I was never treated as a victim, ever. And and that's despite the fact that my ex-wife has a record, a criminal record for domestic battery, as you guys would call it. And yet, again, I was... And that was against me, by the way. Um, and yet I was <clears throat> never treated with kid gloves crazy and it's ironic isn't it that there's a police car going past you right now yeah the, the, the irony of this conversation and that happening yeah 
<laughs> Lee, thank you for your time. And thank you for thank you for listening, Rob. No, I'm I'm always here, um, and I, and I really do appreciate that you've spent this, this time with us this morning for you. And I hope hope the rest of your Saturday is a little bit better than uh, than previous ones. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not in jail anymore. I mean, so that in itself is it makes it a lot better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you have to take one thing I learned with this is you have to take every victory that comes along, no matter how big or small. Every time you get one of those victories, you've got to take it, and you've just got to keep building on it and just keep rebuilding constantly. It it's a process. It's a long process. Um. But it's what we have to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard, man. Especially because, especially when you're a dad and you know they're watching. Exactly, they're watching what happens and how you go through whatever troubles that come your way. I mean, this is the epitome. The only thing worse than this is if I was going through a murder trial, and. My sons are watching how I react. I think we just lost the signal a little bit. Everything. The son is always asking me what's going. You know how how I'm doing. I I, I got to put on a brave face for him. No matter how stressed I may be, I can't let him. I can't let him see see me break. Of course, of course, and and you know a a friend. And I have, have often said that being accused of this is actually worse than being accused of murder because quite often you can get into a fight with somebody and they can fall over and bang their head and they might die. And, and you know, it, it's an accident. And people understand, oh, yeah, people have a fight. They might have been drunk. It shouldn't have happened. The person's remorseful. They're trying to re rebuild their lives. And from a murder charge, you can actually rebuild yourself. But from something like this, it just doesn't happen, does it? it? Just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Okay, Lee, thank you so much for your time today. Come, uh, you're welcome. Come back on and tell us once it's all been resolved. Look after yourself. Uh, and if you need us, we're always here for you. All right. Thanks, man. Take care, man. All right. Wow. What else can I say? That was that was Lee, not his real name. Names have been changed to protect the innocent and to make sure there's no repercussions on Lee for that. And obviously to make sure that his kids are safe from from hearing that story. Um That affected me quite quite a lot, actually. Um so you know, when we can, let's live. Let's give Lee the support that he clearly needs. He's going through a really rough time. I can't imagine spending seven months in jail for something like that, especially when you haven't done it. Um, I guess I was lucky, you know. I, I just have no words. The strength that man has is incredible and unbelievable and all sorts of other words like that at the very same time. But that's what... False Allegation Radio is all about. That's what we're here for. So if you want your story to be heard and you want the world to listen to your story, get in touch with us and we'll get you booked in. 
there is a lot of people out there that do want to tell their story. This is a second successful recording that we've managed to do. There has been a couple of issues last week, I'm afraid, but uh, we, we, we're back on it now. Um, so if you do want your story told, please do get in touch and we'll get you booked in and we'll, and we'll get it done. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Goodbye. Oh, and welcome back to False Allegation Radio. I'm Rob, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Lee. Welcome to False Allegation Radio. So, Lee, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. It's uh, what, what, What's the weather like where you are? We've got quite a lot of snow over here in the UK. The weather right now is pretty fine. It's roughly about 32 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm not. Sh- I can't remember off the top of my head how much it would be in Celsius, but um, it's pretty chilly. But it's all. It's all right. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty cold. It doesn't sound like shorts and t-shirts weather to me. No, no. <laughs> so you've. Uh, oh, sorry. You, so you've you've joined us on the the podcast today to tell your story um, of a, a false allegation. So. Take me back to how it all started for you. Well, I got to take you back a while. Um, my wife and I have been married for eight years. Um, I had been homeless from July of 2018 to February of 2019. I had sent her to stay with some family while I took care of everything to get us an apartment. Okay. Wound up getting yeah, I wound up getting a job. She was also pregnant with our second child at the time. Um and shortly thereafter I got a got a place. She had a female friend that, you know, was move she had move in under the guise of, you know, helping her with the kids, but I found out later that she was having an affair with said female friend. Oh, wow. And I, I, yeah, I actually caught them in the act the night of February 16th, 2019, which was the day I got arrested. So I kicked the, I kicked the, the, the friend out and my wife and I were arguing. I told her I was done. I wanted a divorce and I was taking the kids because also at the time, um, child protective services had a case against her. Um, where they were looking for, for, I guess, child neglect or whatever. Um, so she calmed me down a bit. We wound up sleeping together that night. Um, and the last thing she, she said to me before all this happened was, I love you, but you're going to burn for this. Shortly thereafter, she called the police and I was arrested on three charges, assault on a family member, strangulation and rape. Wow. Wow, wow, well, that, I mean, that is, that's horrific. Um, so, so what happened to you after you was arrested? Let, let's, let's deal with that first of all. Um, first off, let me say that the worst thing on my record before this is a 10-year-old misdemeanor. Okay. I don't get into trouble. I go to work. I go home. That's it. But um, once I got arrested, got treated like any other criminal. Yeah. I was, from then on, I was no longer Lee. I was prisoner 43864. So you, so you went to prison for it? No, I went, no, I was, I went to uh, where they have a, they have a regional jail 
I spent seven months in jail while this while they could not find my wife because, as I mentioned before, Child Protective Services, you know, had a case against her. The kids got taken. And she showed up for the custody hearing to see who would get our kids, but she never showed up for the criminal proceedings during the entire time. They continued the case like four or five different times while looking for her, even though she showed up under their noses three different times. So, so sorry, you've lost not only... Sorry, my, my levels on this microphone have gone way high. I apologize. So you've lost... I don't know why my levels are so high. I'm sorry. Have I, am I coming through louder than normal? No, you're coming through pretty fine. That, that's really weird. Okay. So so you've lost not only your your wife, your your life, but you, you've also lost your children to Child Protective Services as well? Yeah, I lost both my kids. Wow. Both my, my two sons. Wow. And is there any way that like can you get them back or I probably could but I have an uphill battle to climb because my wife also had my oldest son walking around saying because he was scared that he would lose his mom too sure my son is was going around saying that he saw me beating on my wife so I'm on supervised visitation for my kids. I cannot be I cannot be with them by myself. It has to be someone that they find suitable to be with. I can talk to them from time to time, but that's about it. I cannot physically be alone with my kids anymore. Wow. But but hopefully if you can clear your name of the 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 rape the rape charge um that there is there is a potential that you can sort of underpin the whole case that it's that it's all sort of based on a lie and that hopefully you can do something about that is that is that fair to say yeah that's very fair to say and as far as the uh, the case itself like i can talk about some of the facts of the case but uh, i'm not going to give up too much information yeah. um during the preliminary hearing when she actually did show up and the only reason she showed up was because they had a warrant out for her arrest they um she pretty much lied and said that we never did because my defense is we've done you know we've had rough makeup sex before and everything like that but she pretty much lied and said that we never did anything like that however I'm a pack rat, and anything I I I keep always keeps keep everything behind just in case I may need it again. Back in 2014, we made a video of us having actual rough sex. That my lawyer actually got admitted into evidence uh, uh, about a week or two ago. Okay. Um. So. There's that. There's messages between my wife and I showing that, you know, we had a healthy sexual relationship. So she knew about the video. In fact, the video is. Has been public since 2015. It's on an an adult website. I'm not going to give the I'm not going to give that website's name out. But it is. (laughs) It's been up there since 2015. And, and, so she and she's, she's, she's aware of the fact that this video has been, been out there for five years. She's bragged about the video to her friends. Wow. Who have seen the video. Wow. Wow. Lee, Lee, I'm, l- l- let me come back to something she said. She said, 
the same so, so so the same day that she had sex with her girlfriend, she decided to have makeup sex with her husband. And then after you'd finished, she said, you're going to burn for this. Was she, obviously, I understand what, what she means by that, but you're going to burn for this. Does this does this mean that she's blaming you for the fact that she's had an affair? Or is it is it just a case of, look, I want out and this is how I'm going to do it? No, she's uh, for uh, pretty much both. She's blaming me for, you know, having the affair because she all, all had already... The the person the person she had the affair with had she made them my wife believe that I had abandoned her and my kids. But how can you abandon somebody when I'm sleeping on the street trying to work two jobs and get an apartment for us? When and that's not abandoning. I'm I sent you to stay with your family until I could get everything straight. And the moment I got everything straight and I got us an apartment. The first thing I did was come and get you. Yeah. So how's that me abandoning you? That, how's that, that me abandoning my family? That was me taking care of my responsibilities exactly. as your husband and as a father to 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 our kids. Exactly. Can I ask you what state in in America you live, or can you not say that? Uh, I can I can say it. Uh, I live in Virginia. Okay. And do you have the death penalty over there? Uh, yes, but. They haven't even given me a plea. No, 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 no. I'll tell you where I'm going with this. If your state has the death penalty, is it by electric chair? Because is that what she... Because they immediately, like I say, I'm in the UK and obviously our, our justice system is, is quite a bit different than yours. But immediately when you told me what she'd said, you're going to burn for this, I immediately thought this is this is her plan this is her her end goal to to unfortunately man but to see you in the chair no they can't give me the chair but the maximum sentence on a rape charge in the united states is life in jail wow so i am looking at i am looking at no less than 35 years in jail and i'm 36 years old and that's, I mean, next, yeah, by the time you're out, that, that's life over anyway, isn't it? Even if it's not life, my it's next court, My next court date, oddly enough, is my birthday. It, it's ironic that you should say that because one of the days that I was arrested, because I was arrested twice because my um, false accuser made two allegations and she didn't make them at the same time. So the first one she made was the same week that I remarried and the second one was on my birthday. So I was arrested the same week that I got married and then on my birthday. It's 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 weird how it falls, isn't it? It's almost uh, a bit yeah. too bit too close to be coincidental really. Yeah. So obviously you 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 know you, you serve seven months inside a is it a county jail that you serve time in? Yeah, because uh, this area has the area I'm in is like there's like five or six different cities, and then they have like one big regional jail where they can put everybody. Each each city has its own jail, and then there's one that they have like a communal jail, which everyone that they don't want in either one of those jails will you know be in that one, and that's where I was okay. for seven months. 
from February 16th to September 17th of 2019, I spent in jail and they only let me out on a uh, PR bond, which is a personal recognizance bond because she refused to show up. And and how Um, many times did she refuse to show up? They couldn't find her. She did not want to be found, pretty much. The only reason she showed up for the preliminary hearing in October was because of the fact that they put out a warrant for her arrest. And they have not seen her since then. The Commonwealth attorney, because Virginia is a Commonwealth state, the Commonwealth attorney has not had any contact with my wife since December. What was it like in prison, in jail? Um, did, did, did people know that you was in there on a rape charge? Uh, a few people did. Some people that I was close with, I actually did let them know my charges. Um, let's be, uh, to be honest, the United States does not look, uh, the criminal justice system, the criminals in, the, in jail in the United States do not take kindly to rapists or child molesters. No. Um, the only saving grace was that the fact that I, I it was my wife and they're, they, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out how can someone, I know it's still, it's on the books that you can, but how can someone rape their wife? I mean, we have two kids together. We've done, you know, we've obviously had sex. So that was the, the saving grace. Otherwise I probably would have been, you know, beaten up. And even raped myself quite a few mm-hmm. times while I was in there. I mean, I'm a big guy. I'm about six foot two, about three hundred and three hundred pounds. But you know, I I can only do so much. Yeah, of course. And and the thing is, there's only one of you, isn't there? Whereas you know, if you're yeah. in a, if you're in a jail and there's a a few other people, shall we say, that it, it's never going to end well, is it? Let's be fair. It really isn't. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I mean, man, it, it, it's 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 genuinely crazy that you know you can you can lose over half a year of your life in a system like that. Um, I mean, you made a, you made a really good point at the start. You said before this, you you know, you've never really been involved with the police apart from for one misdemeanor ten years ago. And I think, uh, sorry, I keep hitting my microphone. I think a lot of us feel the same way. I think ma- the majority of us are sort of hard-working family men who have never been in trouble with the police until this happens. And then all of a sudden, you're thrown at the very deep end of the justice system. It's not just a case of, oh, you've got to deal with a cop or you've got to deal with, you know, a, uh, a solicitor or, or a lawyer. You are literally thrown in the deepest of deep ends, aren't you? Yeah, and I'm still in it. I mean... I have to file for bankruptcy because the cheapest lawyer I could find to take my case wanted no less than $20,000 with $5,000 up front. And that, it, it just, it beggars belief, doesn't it? I mean, I know over here in the UK, um, we do have it a little bit different. Than, than the way you guys have it over there um but yeah i mean that's that sort of money is is the sort of money i paid in 
family court. So, you know, going through when I went through the divorce and then fighting for the children, I spent sort of 25,000 just on that. And then obviously once that was over, then it was into the criminal courts. Now, luckily over here, we don't necessarily have to, you know, there are ways for certain crimes that you can get government assistance where you don't have to pay the full amount or, or sometimes you don't have to pay anything depending on obviously what your your personal circumstances are well they they do have something like that here they have the what we call public defenders yeah or some lawyers that will do what's called pro bono work yeah. but um public defenders are burnt out they can they get burnt out very quickly they have several different cases because there's you know let's face it nobody really likes going to court unless you know they're a lawyer or a judge because they're the only ones that get paid there's so many people in and out of the criminal justice system in the united states daily that uh, a public defense you're just you're always better off getting your own attorney and they some they charge some of them charge upwards of a hundred to three hundred dollars an hour just to sit down and talk with them before you can even before they'll even say whether or not they'll take your case. I mean, some of the consultation fees they have are ridiculous. Yeah. I was just throwing those numbers out because two of the the attorneys that I spoke to that was their consultation fee. One was a hundred dollars an hour, and the other one's consultation fee was three hundred and fifty dollars. So I right off the bat, I lost $450 talking to two different lawyers. Just talking to somebody about it, yeah. Which, it must be incredibly frustrating, you know. You've spent seven months in, in, in jail, and then you're faced with this massive legal bill to make sure that you don't spend the rest of your life in jail. Meanwhile, the person that's made the allegation has gone completely AWOL. Nobody can find this person. Um, you know, your poor kids are suffering, so you can't sort of start the, the fight for them it's a mess man it's a real mess this isn't it yeah it is and even when i when i got out the other problem i had was trying to find a job of course yeah do background checks and the first thing that pops up on my background check is a rape charge yeah and how you know how's that going have you managed to find anything uh, I was lucky enough to find the job. The company I work for, they I came, I was up front with them. I told them what was going on and then I wanted to move on with my life. They actually took a chance on me and I've been with them uh, since October 15th of last year. I, I really appreciate how, you know, everything that they've done. <clears throat> but several I, uh when i first got out i filled out applications for about maybe 25 different places i had job interviews for of those 25 i had job interviews for maybe 10 of them and the moment they did the background check they they all just stopped calling yeah and obviously the rest i, I mean i have a i have a copy of my i couldn't i can't even drive for uber or lyft because of my um the the charges because how many people actually want to get in the the, the car with a rapist mm. or what they perceive as a rapist and you know you know it was supposed to be innocent until proven guilty but in the era of the the whole this whole me too era of everything where people are just coming out the woodworks claiming that they've been sexually assaulted it's near impossible it, it is it is and and you know that that was a thing that sort of 
hit me the hardest is, you know, our justice system is supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And I was there with um, SMS messages from my ex-wife saying, you know, come back. I know you've left me, but I love you. Um, and she'd, she'd made allegations before because she was really controlling. And she'd said to me before, if you ever leave me, I'm going to say you raped me. You know, and, and this this was held over my head for years. Um, and the, the, the night I left or the night I tried to leave, she like locked me in the house and, and held me prisoner saying, if you walk out that door, you know, I'm going to ring the police and I'm going to say you're a rapist. So it took me hours, hours to get out of the door. And then the next day, once the police had like, they, they turned up, you know, they'd spoken to us both. She'd retracted it. And then the next day she sent me a text message, uh, an SMS message saying, you know, come back. I miss you. I'm really sorry. It's all my fault. So I, I instantly, because when you're in that sort of survival mode, I instantly fired back and I said to her, why did you why did you say that I was a rapist? Have I ever raped you? And her reply was no, never. And it was that that message that I used as my defense to say, there you go. And and her allegations were were ridiculous. She you know, she the first allegation she made was that I'd raped her and then she told me to leave the house and I'd refused for nearly 12 months. But yet here we have a text message begging me to go back the day that I do leave. And then six months later, she makes another allegation of a rape that happened nearly 15 years before the first one. You know, the first allegation, but it was like the second rape. But it, it just made absolutely no sense. And my point is, exactly what you've just said in the era of Me Too, people can come out of the woodwork and they can say whatever they want how do you defend against that? How do you stop that? I was lucky because I had I had proof and evidence. You've obviously got proof and evidence, and you know, God willing, I hope I hope to God that you know your case is thrown out. But what about those people that have absolutely nothing? Maybe they have a one night stand with somebody. Yeah, um, in the United States, um, a lot of people like to go to the there's a, a the FBI statistic of saying that. Six percent of all rape cases are false. However, the Department of Justice did their own investigation on that from 19, and they found out from 1985 to 2015, more than 60, roughly about 60 percent of all those rape cases from 1985 to 2015 were false. Wow! In a 30-year time span, FBI says it's six percent. Sure. But in a 30-year time span, the Department of Justice came out and said, hey, you know, you guys are off. Yeah. And I, we, I think we have a similar statistic over here where they claim it's something like 2% or something crazy low. Um, but my case wasn't classified as, as a false allegation. My case was just classified as we didn't have enough evidence to prosecute. So, so straight away, it goes in that, that other bin doesn't it that it's not it's not a false allegation it's just one of those that we can't prove how do we fix this lee how do we fix this the only way to fix it is for more people to come out and and speak against it but when it happens especially in the united states 
the women, even even when it's proven false, the women just get a slap on the wrist and they walk off. Yeah. Like um, there was one some time ago, back in 2018 or 2019, this young lady to get back at her ex-boyfriend claimed that he came he came over to her house raped her and sc- and used a box cutter to cut an X across her chest he was looking at 90 years in jail if he was found guilty but text messages between him and his mom gave him an alibi for that night nothing happened to the girl no no and and it, it, it it's disheartening isn't it and you know I'm I'm a dad to boys you mentioned before that you've got boys I think the most scary thing is, like, you and I, we've been through it. We know how to come out of the other side. Um, and obviously, we, we're using our voice as a voice for good to try and make changes and to, to try and bring out sort of an understanding and, and an awareness of what's going on. But I really fear for the younger, you know, the, the, the younger boys out there that haven't got a clue what's going on and, and how easy it is for everything to be taken from you. Yeah, I, I fear for my sons. I have two nephews. I have three nephews um, from my sister. One, the oldest being 11 years old, he's watching his favorite uncle go through this. And even my sister, the way she views relationships with my nephew and his female friends, because of what I'm going through with the woman I've been married to for the last eight years, is she's she's extremely cautious and my nephew he's he's at, even at 11 years old he's my size yeah so he he looks a lot older than he is it's just at any given time it doesn't matter who all they have to do is say he did so and so and i didn't like it and he gets in trouble he yeah. gets in his, his reputations get ruined you lose family friends you lose everything and the, it shouldn't be that way because, a, like, a, a lot of them are are lies. But nothing they they just is just they always want to believe the victim. Yeah, and and there we, is we've got that. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Society no, no. has that so ingrained in there in into them that they with the whole I guess they would call it what is it white knight syndrome or anything like mm, that. Yeah something like that, that the moment you see a damsel in distress or, oh, well, he, he said, did so-and-so, or you see someone, they they automatically protect them. That's not right. I mean, come on, what if... All right, two different... You can put it in two different scenarios. If you see a man and a woman get in an argument, she slaps him first and then he hits her back out of you know self-defense they're gonna go and attack the guy for it they're not gonna go after the girl no 100 percent. but she initiated the contact and there was there was actually a social experiment done once whereby this this company had set up cameras in the street and they got a couple of actors a, a male and a female actor and the first sort of run through they got the man to pretend to to beat the woman up and everybody went in to save her. And then, you know, maybe later on in the day, maybe in the afternoon, they switched it around. So the woman was beating the guy up 
and nobody even stepped in and said, are you okay? And the guy was on the floor and, you know, she was over him, hitting him with stuff. Obviously, it wasn't real, but it certainly looked real. And not one person stopped to say, look, are you okay? This isn't this isn't right. And I think the thing is, I'm, I'm a gentleman and I, I get the feeling that you're a gentleman as well. And as gentlemen, we do like to protect women. We like to be like, you know, the, the, the old-fashioned sort of protector of women but at the same time the balance of of what's believed has swung so far in the opposite direction that i'm scared to open a door for a woman now i'm scared to you know move a chair for a woman because you just don't know what's going to be said and the problem is it's swung so far the other way that it's actually causing that you know problems like that isn't it yeah and it's, it's just sad, but one thing that this has made me realize, too, is that no matter how nice of a person you are, no matter how kind-hearted you are, no matter how much you do for somebody, you'll always be the villain in someone's story. Yep. And I mean, how much has... My wife... Go on, go sorry. Go on. No, go on. I was about to say, um, my wife never had to work a day in her life when we were married. Hmm. Never. I gave her everything she ever wanted. And, and that's exactly my story as well. Gave her everything. But how did I go from being the ideal husband that you wanted to all of a sudden being a rapist? All yeah. of a sudden being somebody who strangled you and slapped, slapped you to the ground with an open hand, strangled you, dragged you through the apartment and raped you several times? From From the man who provided, looked after and put everybody else before himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's exactly the story of my um relationship. My ex-wife never had to work a single day in her life. Everything was provided for her. She was free to do what she wanted when she wanted. Um and and like you say, all of a sudden, you know, 10 15 years ago, I did this. And well, why? Why why apart from every other day when everything's perfect? does this person do that and then doesn't do it for another 15 years afterwards? It, it just makes no sense. So how has this changed you as a person then, Lee? I think we've lost connection. Lost connection. Lee's on hold. Lee's put us on hold. He's back. Are you back? Can you hear me? Uh, I think you've got your finger over the microphone. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, it's Somebody had called in at the same time. I'm sorry. Uh, it's go all good. Ahead. Are you okay to carry on? Yeah, I'm okay to carry on. All right, on. cool. So how has this changed you as a person, Lee? It changed a lot of just not only the way I view relationships with women, how I approach women now, or even when it comes to dating or even the the intimate parts of being you know you know the intimate parts of being with a woman um i approach it very differently now whereas beforehand it was you know just do what i had to do but I'm more cautious about how I do things. I I ask for consent 
like, I mean, I shouldn't. I mean, if you're you're with a consenting adult and y'all are naked and y'all go at it anyway, I mean, <laughs> but I have to now constantly re- reassure myself that she's not going to say at the end of this, "Hey, you know, you raped me." You're gonna burn for it. Yeah, yeah. Those were and the words I love you to me mean any nothing anymore because the last person that told me they loved me had me arrested and thrown in jail for rape. Crazy. Crazy. So, okay. um, It's harrowing, isn't it? I'm sorry. Um, I I saw a report the other day um, where a, a... a certain person had carried out a little bit of an experiment and had only um, gone with and slept with feminists on um, a campus. And mm-hmm. it was an experiment to the point where they made sure that at every single stage of the interaction that consent was asked for before they did anything at all with these people, with, with, with these women who were feminists and Mm. the result of that was that in every single case it was said that they didn't like what these these guys were doing so i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is if we have to seek consent because of a certain type of individual but that individual then doesn't like that situation. How does one protect oneself? The only way, the only way you can protect yourself is just by not, by just going your own way, not really mm-hmm. just trying to interact with. More. Hello. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, uh, I pressed okay. the wrong button, but yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so where do you go from here then, Lee? What what happens with you now? The only thing I can do, as far as I I just gotta continue going to work. Um, if they find her on my next, you know, which is on my my next court, the my next date is actually supposed to be my trial. So if they find her before the, um, by the, by the time the trial comes in about three weeks, then we'll see what happens from there. Um, what happens if they don't find her? I'm sorry. Sorry. What happens if they don't find her? Like if she's still, missing? Uh, if they don't find her, then I would assume that the judge would just throw it out. My charges would be dismissed. Um, and then they'll go from there. It's, it's not like they'll. I like I said, I lost. I lost my apartment. I lost everything. I lost jobs. It's not like they're gonna compensate me for my time. They're just gonna say, "Oh well, our our mistake. Going about your business. Don't let it happen again." Mm. I mean, in the UK, if if you're in jail, um, certainly the situation you're in, we would call pre-trial bail uh, or pre-trial remand sorry um and there'd be no recourse for that seven months that you'd spent in jail if it was in the uk I, I guess that's the same in the us as well so that that seven months that you've spent in jail just tough isn't it yeah 
Wow. Wow. And and in the meantime, nothing will happen to her, will it? Nope. And even after this, she doesn't show up. I'll still forever be looked at as the monster that she created, and she'll forever be seen as the dainty little victim. Well, I hope that you get it resolved. Do me a favor, because um, this has affected me quite. This has affected me more than I thought it would actually. Um, I mean, you, you you know, you're a dad like me. You're you know, and and you've lost your kids. You've lost your wife. You've lost your your job. Your respect. Your freedom to a certain extent. Um, let me know how it goes. Come back. Come come back and 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 come back on and tell me how it goes and. Obviously, you, you, you know, ultimately, if you end up in, in jail, you're not going to be able to come back. But I'm sure that's not going to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that says this. But we want to hear that everything's been thrown out and that you can now start that, that long and, and relatively painful process of rebuilding your life. Because, you know, one thing that I've said and one thing that a lot of other people have said is once it is all thrown out and you think great it's all been thrown out it's time to part it's time to move on actually the feeling you get is just numbness because it isn't a time for celebration because the person that's done it to you has faced no consequences from it you've had to fight for for years for your freedom and to to clear your name um and you you are almost have it hanging over you for the rest of your life, even though you've done nothing wrong. So um, I, I definitely want to hear from you again once everything's been been resolved and, and let us know how you're getting on and how life is for you because I think that's an important part of the process. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep you, uh, keep you updated. Thanks, Lee. It, I mean, is there anything else that you want to say? Um, I think I've covered pretty much every everything... I wanted based on the conversations that we've had to to get your story out there. Obviously, we've had to be careful with names and locations and stuff. And once you've been cleared, we can come back on and we can talk in more detail if you want to. But is there anything else you want to say? Um, I guess just everybody who's listening, just be cautious. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is; it'll you know they'll turn on you. And whoever said hell has no fury like a woman scorned, they weren't lying. Is just if anybody learns anything from this, just use me as a cautionary tale. I mean, from being the nice guy, the nice husband, the loving father, to suddenly being looked at as a monster over the last over the last year. Just be careful. I mean, if you got even even nowadays, if you have to record everything, don't let <clears throat> leave nothing to chance because just because you say you're innocent, they're not gonna believe you. No. No, even with all the evidence, even with all the evidence that you have, even when you go to court and show them all the evidence that you have, they're still not going to believe you. So just be careful. Yeah, definitely. And if you could take one thing, or, or if you could get the president, 
I appreciate you may not like the current one, but if you could get your president to change one law in relation to false allegations, what would you get the president to change? I would get him to whatever jail time that the person who was who, who was falsely accused has has either been or is there facing the accuser should get that time. I agree. I agree. And and that's a common theme. I think most of us say that. I was facing eight years. You was facing minimum. I'm facing a lot. Minimum right now from what, I, what my lawyer has told me, minimum 30, 35 years max is life. I'm looking at anywhere between 35 and life right now. Horrendous. Horrendous. And are there, just out of interest, um, are there any states, and I, and I don't want to be morbid, and I, pre- I appreciate it's probably not the best time to have this conversation, but are there any states in the US where rape carries the death penalty? Uh, no. As far as I know, federal guidelines for all of them, rape is, in the United States, rape is considered a class, I believe it's either a class two or a class one felony. Anything class two felonies, the max is life. Okay. Um, only thing that carries a death penalty, I believe, would be murder in no. the United States now. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I apologize for being so um, obsessed with it. Um, uh, it's it's understandable because yeah. back in the day, I know medieval times, if you did, you know, you were found guilty of raping a woman, you were killed on the yeah. spot. So. Yeah, and, and it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and you know we have to balance we have to balance the the genuine victims, and and this is something that I've always sort of said, we have to balance <coughs> those people out there who are genuine victims of rape and sexual assault, um, and I I do think the best way is what you've said, if you are found to have made a false allegation, you then serve the time that the person that you you accused was facing. I think that's that's the only fair way to stop it, and I think it's probably the most realistic way. I know um, I, I started a debate last night where um, I asked about law changes and things, and a lot of people, or a couple of people, have said change the statute of limitations, which basically means how long ago something happened before you can report it to the police. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but certainly making the person face what the other person would have faced i think is is by far the best idea yeah i i I don't agree with the whole statute of limitations thing too but the change the the fact what i what we mentioned earlier you know that person getting the jail time that the other person would have served that's holding them accountable for their actions yeah that's all it is and we're being held accountable for the fact that we're being charged with that certain crime, they need to be held accountable for life. And in the United States, all of the, or or pretty much in, you know anywhere else in the world now, all all they have to do is oh I'm sorry the and the woman gets kid, treated with kids gloves. We can't do that. No. If if they had if the situation were reversed and I didn't show up for court so many times. I would have already been found guilty of contempt yeah. and thrown in jail. Yeah, exactly. You and, you know, I and, and I dare say every other man accused of this in the world have never been treated with kid gloves. And yet we're innocent. 
We, no. we, we haven't done anything wrong. But we've never been treated with kid gloves. I was treated with respect by the people investigating it, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I was still viewed upon as this monster that's done this and how can we get the evidence to, to, to prove it? I was never treated as a victim, ever. And, and that's despite the fact that my ex-wife has a record, a criminal record for domestic battery, as you guys would call it. And yet, again, I was... And that was against me, by the way. Um, and yet I was <clears throat> never treated with kid gloves. Crazy. And it's ironic, isn't it, that there's a police car going past you right now? Yeah. The, the, the irony of this conversation and that happening. Yeah. Lee, thank you for your time. And thank you for thank you for listening, Rob. No, I'm I'm always here. Um and I and I really do appreciate that you've spent this this time with us this morning for you. And I hope hope the rest of your Saturday is a little bit better than uh, than previous ones. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not in jail anymore. I mean, so that in itself is it makes it a lot better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and you have to take one thing I learned with this is you have to take every victory that comes along, no matter how big or small, every time you get one of those victories, you've got to take it and you've just got to keep building on it and just keep rebuilding constantly. It's it's a process, it's a long process. Um but it's what we have to do, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard, man. Especially because especially when you're a dad and you know they're watching. Exactly. They're watching what happens and how you go through whatever troubles that come your way. I mean, this is the epitome. The only thing worse than this is if I was going through a murder trial. And my sons are watching how I react. I think we just lost the signal a little bit everything the son he's always asking me what's going you know how how i'm doing I, I i gotta put on a brave face for him no matter how stressed i may be i can't let him i can't let him see see me break of course of course and and you know a, f- a friend and i have, have often said that being accused of this is actually worse than being accused of murder because Quite often, you can get into a fight with somebody, and they can fall over and bang their head, and they might die. And and you know, it's an accident. And people understand. Oh yeah, people have a fight. They might have been drunk. It shouldn't have happened. The person's remorseful. They're trying to re- rebuild their lives. And from a murder charge, you can actually rebuild yourself. But from something like this, it just doesn't happen, does it? it? Just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Okay, Lee, thank you so much for your time today. Come, uh, you're welcome. Come back on and tell us once it's all been resolved. Look after yourself. Uh, and if you need us, we're always here for you. All right, thanks, man. Take care, man. All right. Wow. What else can I say? That was, that was Lee, not his real name. Names have been changed to protect the innocent and to make sure there's no repercussions on Lee for that. And obviously to make sure that his kids are safe from from hearing that story. Um, that affected me quite 
quite a lot actually. Um, so you know, when we can, let's live. Let's give Lee the support that he clearly needs. He's going through a really rough time. I can't imagine spending seven months in jail for something like that, especially when you haven't done it. Um, I guess I was lucky, you know. I just have no words. The strength that man has is incredible and unbelievable and all sorts of other words like that at the very same time. But that's what False Allegation Radio is all about. That's what we're here for. So if you want your story to be heard and you want the world to listen to your story, get in touch with us and we'll get you booked in. There is a lot of people out there that do want to tell their story. This is a second successful recording that we've managed to do. There has been a couple of issues last week, I'm afraid, but uh, we, we, we're back on it now. Um, so if you do want your story told, please do get in touch and we'll get you booked in and we'll, and we'll get it done. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Goodbye.